You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Here on Tide 100.9, Joe Gaither filling in for Southern Fried Sports, filling in for Travis Ryer. Going one more hour here after sitting in for Gary Harris. It's a pleasure and an honor. Thank you so much, Travis, for giving me uh, your seat for a little bit of a little bit of time. Travis is actually out in Montana. He's fly fishing with uh, his son, uh, his son and his wife. They're they're taking a trip out to Montana, trying to get that last little vacation in before Alabama football. So you got me this morning and the rest of the week. Joined on the other side of the glass by James Ogletree and J.R. Moore. J.R. sticking around. And James Ludeman jumped around to this side of the glass. And I think I got a got a Falcons fan in here, Thomas Paradise. So we got a whole crew in here. What is this? Three, five, five people? All right. This How, how many people does it take to replace Travis Ryer? The answer is five. So, Travis, we love you. Have a great time out there. I want to tell you that the show is always brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier. Get out there and support them up on Mark McFarland Boulevard right next to Southern Ale House. I really love those chocolate-covered espresso beans. You need some energy? You want something sweet? Chocolate-covered espresso beans. That's where it's at. Uh, They've always got the chocolate popcorn and, of course, the chocolate-covered footballs that are filled with the chocolate popcorn. Get by there today, Peterbrook Chocolatier. You can call in and be a part of the show by calling in 205-342-9904. And we'd love to have your thoughts and comments. Plenty of stuff to talk about today. Plenty of things to, to react to over the weekend. It was a full football weekend, so we're playing Monday night or Monday morning quarterback here, and we're excited to do so. James, I missed the cue, so we're going to do it right here. I'm sorry. We, I am joined by uh, James Ogletree, who together we combine to form as they're getting it up. The 60-minute man of Sports Talk Radio. I'm sorry, I didn't know. I was reading your face there. I didn't know if you had the right bank up or not. Yep, but James Ogletree always has the right bank up. And uh, we got the Ravens report in the Gary Harris Show, and we got the Buccaneers report in uh, the Gary Harris Show from James and JR. We got a new James and Tommy in. That means two new teams. Let's get. Uh, let's start with you, Tommy. I know. Let's get it out of the way. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's just get, get it out of the way. Come on. Give us the Falcons report. What did Atlanta do? I know Calvin Ridley two touchdowns. Well, Calvin Ridley two touchdowns. Nine catches for him. Nine catches for Julio. One hundred fifty-five yards. Fifty-seven yards. But what happened? It broke the. What, what happened? Russell Wilson happened. Uh, yeah, Russell Wilson happened. There was at one point, and also Ludman was texting me too. That was the best part about it. Is I've never had a Bucks fan text me during a Falcons game, but they were on Fox. Um, it was just a constant amount of silly decisions. Um, when you go 0 for 4 on fourth down, 
And I don't remember, but at one point, the ball was on like the 30. And I guess they were just feeling ballsy with no crowd in the stadium. They weren't going to hear boos. They decided to fake the punt. They got the first down, and then the guy who got the first down immediately said, woo, and then fumbled the ball. And then Seattle gets the ball at like the 30, and then Russell Wilson's like, all right, let me just throw a dime to DK Metcalf. Brutal. Russell Wilson was killing it in one of my fantasy teams. What do you have, four touchdowns, five touchdowns? Four touchdowns. It was ridiculous. Uh, He's insane. He's insane. All right, is that all we got? Are we are we over? Who do the Falcons have next week? Cowboys. Ooh, how about Ooh. them Cowboys? So we'll see how that one plays out, especially they played the Rams close. Yeah, they did. Is it a, in Atlanta? No, it will be in Dallas. I'm pretty sure there's going to be some bodies, some people in Jerry World. Doesn't he? Aren't they letting people in there? Of course, Jerry Jones couldn't resist trying to make more money by putting people in danger during a pandemic. Hey, well, they 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 acquitted themselves, you know, relatively. Ah, uh, they did okay last night against the Rams, but. They came up short. Mike McCarthy going for it on fourth and three instead of kicking a field goal, which would have tied the game. Play for the tie. Play for the no. hey, Come on. You, you you got fourth and three in the in the red zone. You're like, hey, a three-pointer a three ties it, and we still got most of the fourth quarter to go. But no, we're going to go for it. I mean, I understand. Be aggressive, be aggressive, be aggressive. Be aggressive, be, be aggressive. But, you know, why not take the field goal right there? It's a chip shot field goal. It's not like you're asking your kicker to kick a 50-yarder. Why not take a field? Why not take a field goal right there? Well, you know, you could also have DeAndre Swift as your running back. You know, <laughs> yeah, that worked out well for me. That worked out well for me. And thankfully, DeAndre Swift came up with a case of the dropsies at the right time for me, or it'd be it would be sad Monday for me. Those old buttery Georgia fingers. Woo! Go dogs! <laughs> All right, James, we're gonna kick it over to you. We've heard now Falcon, Falcons. We've heard Ravens. We've heard Bucks and the Bears. But let's hear from the Washington football team, who is probably up there for one of the surprises of the weekend. Uh, it wasn't a surprise to you, though. You called it on Twitter. Talk about it. What did the Washington football team do against the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, I did call it. I appreciate the shout-out there. I tweeted on Saturday, Washington is going to beat Philadelphia tomorrow. I got some flack for that, including from uh, from your co-host right now. And me. James I said Long. no. I can't comment or speculate at this time on that. Look, I gave you some love after the fact. You did, you did. I appreciate it, Tommy. But yeah, I I saw it coming. Now I'm not going to say I was a hundred percent convinced of it. The my my beloved Washington football team is not good enough for me to be absolutely sure that they will beat anybody. So I I, I was still a little bit nervous, but I did think that we had a very good chance, given the depth we have on the defensive line: Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Ryan Kerrigan, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Matt. Why Ionitis. you got to put the Bama guys last? They should be first. I'm Why is it Washington football team? It should be Washington football tied. Well, I, I, I mean, Chase Young's got to be the first guy that comes to mind. Really, really, what I was doing was the defensive ends and then the defensive tackles. That's why they I came understand. later in the order. But they both, but they both got a half a sack each. They did, they did, and then yeah. Well, I was going to say Chase Young got a sack and a half, but now that just plays into your point that I'm not giving the Bama guys enough love. So, so you're right. So they did. They did a great job. <laughs> did Cam Sims actually get in the game? I know he got called up from the practice squad. Did he get in the game and get any targets or anything? I don't. I'm not sure if he played on offense. I I, I saw him make a good. Uh, he we uh, he was the deep man on a punt and, okay. and pinned a pinned the Eagles deep on a punt. But I I don't think he played on offense. All right. Well, it's good to see him get called up from the practice squad. I've seen him uh, in preseason games making some plays there. Uh, you know, he kind of got lost in the shuffle here at Alabama. To, to you know, but he's hung out. That was his third year, fourth year now. 
Yeah, yeah, his third year now, and he he just brings a lot of size. I mean, six five. There's not a whole lot of guys with that kind of size you can use down in the red zone, but. For, for whatever reason, that uh, it just hasn't panned out to a full-time roster spot yet. Maybe this is the year with a new coaching staff in Washington. Maybe so. So were you pleased with Dwayne Haskins? I was. I was. Mostly. He, he still had some accuracy issues, some footwork issues that have been kind of lingering since college that concerned me a little bit. But uh, for the most part, he made good decisions, didn't turn the ball over, which you love to see. Um, I mean, you mentioned it last hour on the Gary Harris Show. The thing that I was most pleased with about Haskins was him stepping up and giving that halftime speech, you know, handling everything that the head coach normally does in the locker room while Ron Rivera was getting the IV, which was planned. There wasn't anything wrong with him health-wise during the game. Uh, for the listeners who may not be as avid fans of the Washington football team as I am, uh, head coach Ron Rivera was recently diagnosed with a type of uh, carcinoma, I believe, a type of cancer in his throat. They caught it early. He's expected to be fine but uh, is having to undergo treatment right now during the season. So, uh, like you said, Joe, Haskins had an okay game on the field, but I think I was more pleased with his development as a leader off the field, taking that halftime speech when uh, when Rivera had to go take that IV. And that's an underrated part of the, part of the process, that a quarterback has to take control of, uh, of the team. To I mean, you can be as talented as, as you want, but uh, if you don't take control of the team, you can you know not go as far as you possibly can see Jay Cutler for the Bears in the late you know 2010s or so he was super talented he just kind of had that air of eh, I'll just not be a vocal leader but so that's that's pretty good uh, on spinning it back to the Bears Khalil Mack after we gave up some points called everybody over uh and started yelling at everybody and something that he really hasn't ever done before as a member of the Bears and uh, ever since then, we only we gave up three more points for the rest of the game. I was really encouraging to see the leadership aspect is a uh, is underrated uh, underrated aspect of all these guys' games. Yeah, you love to see your best players being your best leaders too. Not not being content to just make plays on the field, but kind of taking that baton and 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 go to the front of the the front of the line, the front of the room, and really demand out of the, out of his teammates what. What needs to happen, especially in a situation yesterday for your Bears, Joe, when they're down, I think, 17 late in the third quarter. So, yeah, that's that's great to see for Khalil. Washington, by the way, outscored the Eagles in the second half 20 to 0. Wasn't the, the Eagles half. up 17 7? They were point? up 17 to 7 at half. Really? 17 0 in the second half, which which was a little bit of poetic justice because we were up 17 0 on them week one last year and they came back and won. So we kind of we kind of reverse the baby. course. The journalist would. So who do, so who does Washington <laughs> play next week? Uh, we got a tough one next week. We got Arizona. Kyler Murray Ooh, and the and the Cardinals one. just pulled off that upset against the 49ers yesterday, twenty four twenty. So we're gonna have our hands full next Wasn't week. Wasn't an upset All to right. me. All right. I, I like Arizona. All right, that concludes our red our, our Washington careful, football careful. team <laughs> our football teams uh, report. Uh, from James Ogletree. I appreciate that. We'll, we'll we'll look for that in the future as well. I want to get into the AP poll. The AP poll ju- was released over the weekend. Uh, the first poll that came out with uh, with teams that weren't playing weeded out. You had Ohio State in the first couple weeks. You had Michigan in the first week or two. But now those teams have been weeded out. And you're looking at Clemson 1, Alabama 2, Oklahoma 3, Georgia, Florida, LSU, Notre Dame, Auburn, Texas, and Texas A&M to round out your top 10. So in your top 10, 60% of the teams play right here in the SEC. Does that sound about right to you? Is it you know poorly rated, properly rated? You know, is somebody overrated, underrated? Call in on the ready on the 
Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line, 205-342-9904. One thing that stood out to me is that you know Clemson got 61st place votes and only one other team got a first place vote. No, it wasn't Alabama. No, it wasn't Oklahoma. It wasn't Georgia. It was your defending champions. The LSU Tigers got one first place vote. Yeah, one lone holdout out there saying, you know, this LSU Tiger, is, is it basically the voter saying you're the champ until you get beat? I don't know that I agree with that. We got a new year, a new system. I feel like that's where you get flawed with, with the polling systems. Yes, LSU had a historically good year last year, but they lost 14 players to the NFL, and they've lost four or five more players this year to transfers out and to, and to opt-outs. You've lost the best receiver in the SEC. I don't know if I see a number one team in the country. And, you know, previously, maybe three or four weeks ago, I said, you know, LSU is probably still going to have an eight, nine win team. But I've just soured off that. I've soured off that ever since Jamar Chase has uh, decided to opt out. And maybe it was just only him, but they've had other guys, and it seems like they've got Discord down there on the bayou. What was it, two weeks ago, they were about to go, go to a practice, and Ed Orgeron had six players show up at practice because they were all out marching. They were out, all out marching uh, for social for, for for social change. It just seems like everybody's not really on the same page there at LSU. Uh, middle of the summer, they have a big COVID outbreak that gets blamed on uh, what is it called Tigerland, the bars and bars and restaurant scenes that's down there in, in Baton Rouge. Uh, so it just seems like the players aren't necessarily as uh, bought in as they are in several other places. What do you think? Is, should, should LSU get a first place vote or not? You, and then you've got. Notre Dame, who won over the weekends, sitting there right at number seven. Is their win over Duke impressive enough to be in the top ten? Maybe so, maybe not. They didn't cover. They won by 13. The spread was 20. They didn't cover. They only pulled away late in the game. I don't, I don't know. It's kind of. It's going to be a weird year. It's going to be hard to, to rank these teams. Texas, sitting there at number nine, put up a huge number against UTEP. They covered their 43-point spread. But is Texas back? That remains to be seen. We'll see. What are your initial impressions about the AP, the new AP poll now that the teams that are not playing have been weeded out? Call in and let us know. My, my, I just feel like it's kind of a hard year to uh, rank these. I, I hate preseason polls. I'll just be honest with you. I'll just t- pull back the curtain. I hate them. I think they're ridiculous. I, I mean, yes, we can kind of guess who's going to be good and who's not. But it's just I, I hate them. Well, I'd rather just get two or three weeks into the season, get a you know handful of weeks in, and then you'll see oh these teams are good and these teams are not, and you'll have a much better picture of who can play and who and who's doing well. I think that you get a preseason poll, it skews your judgment for the rest of the year. I, I just hate them. What isn't, do you think? Yeah, go ahead. There isn't there a thing, and I I you'll have to back me up, James, because sometimes I'm bad about this. The AP poll, if you're ranked number one to begin the preseason. I don't think anyone has ever made it through the whole season, stayed number one, and also won the national championship. So in my opinion, it's also kind of a curse because once you get stuck with that number one, hey, you're the best team, it's like, okay, the target, if it wasn't firmly on your back, now is painted and it says, aim right here. The bullseye is the middle of my spine. I mean, they're silly. I agree with you on that. But we got to have something. It's talking season, Joe G. I know, but I hate preseason polls. What you got? I, I think you're right about that, Tommy. I, I don't think any team has ever been number one in every AP poll for, for the full season. I think Alabama in 2016 was number one all the way up through the national championship game and then Hunter Renfro 
Obviously, he lied. By the way, he lied. He, he did. did. That's you, what I've heard. That's yeah. what I've heard. Have we been able to confirm that, Joe Gaither? That Joe, uh, I'm that, confirming it right here on Southern Fried Sports that okay. Hunter Renfro is not a truth teller. There you go. We got a bombshell <laughs> report here on the, on Southern Fried Sports that Hunter Renfro well, lied. Here's an interesting X factor to these AP polls. I think this is going to show what divisions in college football are, are good and what aren't. Because if you look at a team like Texas, they, they beat a nobody. Uh, you look at a team like Oklahoma, who I, I think Oklahoma is definitely right where they need to be. They're a top three team, in my opinion. Uh, again, beat a nobody. Uh, in, t- in just 12 days from now, uh, the SEC is going to start coming in here, and you're going to see the strongest conference in football. And, and I don't just say that because we're, on, we're in Alabama territory here. Uh, although, again, it, the SEC, again, is tough. But to me, you look, at, you look at the ACC, you look at the Big 12, uh, it, it just it doesn't stack up to me, and I think once the SEC starts playing in twelve days, you're going to really start to see how that looks. And and these AP polls are skewed to me, but I like Oklahoma where they are, and I also like Florida where they are too. Shock. Florida number five right there, moving up from eight to five without having to play anybody. It's uh, worth that good, Kyle Trask, baby. All right, we'll see. We will see as he goes on the rest of the season. Uh, how they how the polls develop. If you got an opinion on the AP poll or on anything that we've talked about in the previous segment, give us a call on the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio line, 205-342-9904. When we come back, we're going to talk about a local story that hit national headlines right here on Southern Fried Sports on Tide 100.9. Partially sunny this afternoon, the chance of a few scattered showers through tonight. The high today, 87. Tonight's low, 71. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers. The high, 84. Wednesday, breezy with rain likely. Rain heavy at times. The high Wednesday, 78. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back into Southern Fried Sports. Joe Gaither filling in for Travis Ryer. Travis is out on vacation. We wish him the best catching all the fish out there, fly fishing and everything out in Montana, enjoying the probably the, uh, the wildlife and wilderness unlike we've ever seen here in Alabama. I uh, hope he's having a good time there. But appreciate Travis letting me sit in here. You can find me on the Twitter at Joe Gaither6. Send your comments, questions, compliments, or complaints. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Are those the same thing? I don't. I don't know. Compliments, compliments and complaints, kind of big C and C, baby. Yeah, yeah. C, 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 C. Trying to hit all the C's right there. Uh, but yeah, if you didn't see it over the weekend, we had a huge story right here locally in town. Uh, you know, we like to cover high school football right here on Tide 109, and we will be talking tomorrow to Ryan Lolly, Gordo's coach. Gordo is still undefeated on their season. We're going to talk to Sam Adams, Hillcrest coach, on Thursday right here on uh, Southern Fried Sports. And we're working on getting Coach Vickery, the Northridge coach. Three undefeated teams are still playing here in Tuscaloosa. But one team stayed undefeated basically through a miracle. It was insane. It was ridiculous. Hillcrest went down to Wetumpka, and uh, they're calling it the walk-off in in Wetumpka. Hillcrest has a quarterback, Ethan Crawford. He had already thrown for three touchdowns and run for another. 
to get them up to 28 points. They're down 28 to 30 with two and a, two, 2.9 seconds left in the game. They burned their time, their last timeout. They're, they're on the, they called timeout because one of the players they had in the game had never practiced this particular play before. Uh, I talked to Coach Adams on, on Friday night after they returned, and he said, yeah, he looked around saying he was confused on what to do, so we had to call our last timeout to get the right personnel in there. Uh, and so what happened next was Ethan Crawford passed it out to, I believe, Andre Seiler, his wide receiver, and nine laterals later, the Hillcrest Patriots were going into the end zone. Ethan Crawford picked up a loose ball, kind of a fumble situation, picked up a loose ball and ran 40-something yards into the end zone to win the game for Hillcrest and keep them undefeated. Now, it wasn't a region game, so it really doesn't affect them uh, on playoffs, but it's very important to keep momentum on the season. They've won two big games, uh, blowing out blowing out Brookwood and blowing out uh, Homewood, excuse me, up in Birmingham, and then they, they – had close games against Tuscaloosa County and now Wetumpka. They scored in, scored with ten seconds left against Tuscaloosa County to win. Uh, Tower Smith on a on a run there, a 10, 15 yard run against Tuscaloosa County to to win the game. And now Ethan Crawford on a miracle. So let's hear Brent Jones, the uh, the Hillcrest radio man. If you haven't seen the play, then what are you doing with your life? Get out there and Google it. It's on Tide one hundred nine. It's on Sports Center. It's on Twitter. It's on everywhere. Max Preps put it out. Barstool put it out. Bleacher Report put it out. Uh, it was an insane play. Let's hear Brent Jones, the Hillcrest radio man, call it play by play. The walk off in Wetumpka. All right, two point nine seconds left. Ethan Crawford takes the snap. Swings it out to Marcus Wilkins. Marcus makes a move at the 50, pitches it out, and the uh, Terrence Callaway has it at the 40. He makes a couple of moves. He pitches it back. Other way, it's caught by Marcus Wilkins. Now it's to oh, another pitch out. This one to Ethan Crawford. Ethan running around. Ethan pitches it out to Andre Seiler. Andre looks for a move, oh, doesn't get it. Here's a pitch. Ethan Crawford gets it. He's at the 40-yard line. He makes a move. He pitches it back. It's caught <laughs> by Andre Seiler at the 40. Seiler now running around. Seiler makes the pitch. No. Now picks it, pitches it back to Ethan. Oh, Ethan pitches it back to Andre. There it is. It's fumbled on the ground. It's picked up by an offensive lineman. And still, still going. Oh. And with Ethan Crawford oh. with the ball. He's going to the 30, 25, the 20, Part of it's the, the color it, guy. No, 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 it wasn't. <laughs> it is the color no, guy. No, no. The best part of that is when Brent Jones looks down at the person in front of him. It's like you were recording that, right? right? Like, <laughs> you got that audio. You got that right. The color guy is losing his mind. Well, first the color guy is sitting there going, "Oh, you know, it's over. Oh, you're going the wrong." He starts off, "Oh, you're going the wrong way, Andre." And then, "Oh, the ball scores. Oh, it's over. That's it. That's it." And then Crawford picks it up, and the color guy's losing his mind. Oh, ESPN, Max Preps, oh, Top 10, Sports Center. He's just naming off all these freaking publications. Barstool, Barstool, oh, ESPN, oh, Top 10, 
love you, Brad Armstrong. I mean, you, goodness gracious. If you didn't see the play, it deserved that kind of reaction, especially if you're the color guy for that for the, for that team. Like, well done, well done. Like, James, you can't, you can't uh, tab. Help him isolate that last little bit. That once he starts freaking out, that oh, he's free. <laughs> so. Ethan Crawford touches the ball four times on this play. He starts with a pass. He passes it out to the receiver, and then it gets pitched around a couple times. Crawford takes a lateral and then laterals it again. And by the time he got it back, he's running straight through the heart of the defense, and he gets crushed by th- th- three. He's dead to right. Uh, three Wetumpka guys crushed him, and he just tosses it way up behind him. And it was right about there where the fumbling kind of started to happen. The ball started squirting around. And somehow Crawford gets out from under the pile of these guys and the ball squirts right to his feet and he grabs it and goes and everybody else is is is, is none the wiser. And How there he goes. either one of those Watonka guys not get this ball? I would assume that they, they would either just, they thought that his knee was down. Oh my goodness, I have never seen anything oh, like that. Hillcrest oh, wins. Oh my God. Hillcrest wins. And I might just then work. It's been multiple picks. Touchdown. Network. Instagram. I mean, but but the play deserved it. It was an insane way to finish. It it reminds me of that Michigan Michigan State play from four or five years ago, the the blocked punt. And he scores (laughs) on the last play of the game. Oh, we have trouble with the snap. I love Sean McDonough, by the way. That's such a great call. We, we played on the Jay Barker show a couple of days. Or I think it was last week. Uh, Dicker the kicker. That oh. was a, that was a good call Dicker, too. Dicker the kicker. Like it was it was uh, it's it amazing, man. Good stuff. Causing trouble in here. That was great. Absolutely great. I mean, just the, the whole play was fantastic. But when you listen to play by play, like that's why I love radio because you you can't get that emotion a lot of time on TV. Like you can get it sometimes. But I feel like on radio, you just you have more of a freedom to kind of just do that, you know, like just do what they were doing. Well, they're playing Hueytown next week, and I asked Coach Adams. Uh, this was shoot one forty in the morning, man. Thank you, Coach Adams, for for talking to me so late at night. He said, "Hey, I'm, we just got back. If you're still awake, my wife said I ran through the house trying to get to my office, like <laughs> trying to get my. <laughs> I was like, yes, yeah, sweet. I'll, I'll talk to you this late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. And he, he said, uh, well, we're playing. I said, how do you keep your team from not like getting emotionally just drained after this? And it, basically, he, he said that Hueytown uh, was a beat them last year. And he said, there's no better team to play this week because, because of a uh, kind of what has happened between them and Hueytown over the last three or four years. Uh, so I'm really excited. We're sending, oh, we're sending James Benedetto. We're sending Benedetto out to that game. We'll have, uh, we'll, we'll have tied 109 out there. So be sure to follow Hillcrest. We got three undefeated teams, uh, in, in the Tuscaloosa area at the moment. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do and how they develop. You know, Northridge is undefeated, and they've got Brookwood this week. Yeah. Which, you know, should probably be a win for them given what Brookwood's been going through. But after they get through Brookwood, we're going to find out about these teams. Because you got you got Northbridge playing Brookwood, and then they play Gordo, and then they play Hillcrest. We talked to Lolly on, on Captain Ray show, Coach Lolly. Sure. And I asked him that. I was like, are you looking forward to Gordo? And he kind of just, you know... Dodge the question because you know you as a coach you want to do that you don't want to look too far ahead, but boy if the, if both of those teams are undefeated going into that game, 
Gordo and Hillcrest. That's going to be awesome, man. That's going to be the, that might be the game of the year. Oh, I'm gonna look, I mean, we, uh, I'll just be honest with you. Pull back the curtain. Covering these high school sports, it has been the most fun part of this job so far. Yes, sir. So I'm really excited that we've been able to get out there uh, and follow all our great uh, our staff members, all, all our great teams who who write all kinds of great stories about the games. And uh, if you want to get involved with the high school coverage, you can call in. We do a show 6 to 9, Friday Night Lights with Jacob Harrison and Kerry Clark. You can call in and let us know what's going on in your high school game, 205-342-9904. We're right about halfway home here on Southern Fried Sports. When we get back, uh, we will talk you know, more about, the, more about the football that went on this week. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Wash another state. Wife and naked in the night and looking for just another girl that wants to rule. Southern Fried Sports. Right here on Tide 100.9. Joe Gazer filling in for Travis Ryer. And we're having too much fun today. Oh, Lord. Oh, remember, you can always get all this fun and all the great content on the Tide 100.9 app. We're running a sick little promo and a giveaway. We gave away a cooler last month. Tab, what exactly are we giving away this month? We're giving away more more or- orca stuff. It's like a it's like a big orca yeti like a like a drink cup. Yeah, we're giving away orca cups, orca coolers, Tide 100.9 t-shirts. We're giving away houndstooth $25 gift cards. I'm Ooh. telling you, we are hooking now, you Hounds, up. Houndstooth just got the big old food menu, right? No, not Houndstooth. I'm sorry. Wheelhouse. My bad. Okay, okay. Wheelhouse. My bad, yeah. But they got food too now. They do. Yes, they do. It's really good. All right. go Get involved by downloading the Tide 109 app, and you just send me that screenshot? That's it, yes. Yeah. On the Tide 109 Facebook or Twitter, and we'll get you in, in, entered. Uh, when are we giving away that? When are we, when are we doing a drawing for that? Do you... Do, we're going to do it at the end of the month. So we have a whole entire month to download the app, delete it, then download it again. And again, and again, and again, and again. Oh, the cooler. Hey, you got to get it. You got to get it. It's some, this orca stuff is pretty nice. So uh, you got to get it. I'm gonna get download it. that Tide 109 app. You, you can listen to all of You can read all of James Ogletree's great works. Yes, sir. Ogletree wrote a piece last week about players who could be playing uh, opposite positions. Uh, like or positions that are outside of their comfort zone, based on positions they played in high school or played before. If we have COVID, got guys who are going down with, due to COVID, unfortunately, we hope that never happens. But uh, you know, we might be put in an emergency situation. Who is your favorite fit that you wrote about? Because you wrote about four or five different guys: Christian Story playing quarterback, Slay Bolden maybe playing quarterback, LeBron Ray maybe playing outside linebacker, going vice versa. You had a corner playing or a wide receiver trying to play corner. Uh, who is your favorite? Bit. I think my favorite, I, I had eight in there. I think my favorite was probably just the visual of Christian Harris playing running back <laughs> at 240 pounds. I mean, you want to talk about going back to the, the early Saban, Alabama style of just trucking guys? If Christian Harris, now, Lord, you know, we, we would never wish this, but just as a fan, that would be quite entertaining to watch for me if Christian Harris 
for whatever reason, had to step in at running back and was just bowling guys over. I think that'd be all a... those defensive players are now bowling pins. What, what exactly? Berman's rumbling, stumbling, hey, po, po, hey, po. The kid played running back and cornerback in high school. Yeah, like and but but as soon as he comes on to campus, Saban looks at him and says, like, eh, "I think you're a middle linebacker. Let's 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 put you out right there. Let's put you out right there." So uh, we got five football fans right here in the studio. We all watch football all week long. You know, different levels. I went to a high school game. We 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 watched college over the weekend. I sat on my on my couch and vegged the NFL yesterday, and so they all had a little bit of a different products. There were fans at all the high school games I've been to. Some colleges had fans. Some did not. A lot of the NFL stadiums did not. A very few of them did. I want to know: Did the fans not being there take a t- take the enjoyment away from you watching watching some of the football? Well, it's just weird because you go from high school because. Spoiler alert! For some reason, Tuscaloosa Academy has asked me to public address announce their because you have a beautiful voice. Yeah, that's thank you, Joe. First no. down, night. So it was weird because you go to a high school game and you see full bleachers on both sides. And you're like, okay, this is normal. Then you watch some college football, and some stadiums are like, okay, we're going to do fifty percent capacity. We're going to do twenty five percent capacity. And you're like, okay, there's still people in there. And then it transitions to the NFL, where I was watching the Falcon game yesterday. And you know, you have Adam Amin and Mark Schlereth in the booth. Great comment. Adam by Amin, the way. you're the man. Exactly. Yeah, I love Adam Amin's voice. And it's just the players and the coaches. It was more a pure sense of football, and I kind of enjoyed that. It was weird, though, I have to say, them piping in crowd noise. Like, that was the weirdest part for me. But also, you have to give some type of home field advantage because then it just becomes two teams going at each other. And I think Washington also, it was. Eagles were at Washington, yes, James? So they had to pipe in crowd noise, too. I need to go to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and I'm hoping they bring back fans because me and Joe, spoiler alert, we were going to go to the Bears game, and then COVID-19 flipped us the metaphorical boo. bird. Boo, indeed. So yeah, boo. both of us would have been throwing things in the stands. It would have been perfect content. I'm telling you, people would have filmed us. Um, I think if we get this thing under control, I want Atlanta to bump up the capacity, let some fans in. But for the month of September, they have said no fans. Yeah, which is sad. September 27, Bears, Bears, Falcons. I was juiced because this year the Bears are playing in Atlanta and in Nashville. So I was, I was been looking forward to it for the last two years. That wow, the schedule's really going to fall my way. I'm going to two close road trips. You know, win or lose, I, I mean that's that's beside the point. But being in the stadium, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I was pretty disappointed. Let's hear about. Let's hear from one of the greatest head coach. No, no, no. The greatest head coach in NFL history. What he thought about playing without any fans in the stands. What was the atmosphere like in the stadium without fans there? Can you compare it to anything else that you've experienced uh, in your football life? Practice. I mean, listen, this is exactly it right here. You guys ready? I, I don't do a whole lot of impressions that are good, but I nailed Bill Belichick. How'd you guys feel about that uh, the, the game today? Well, it was good. You know, I just I thought we played well on all sides of the ball, and Tom Brady looked really good today. <laughs> that was it. That's, that's it. See you guys. I mean, it, it's uh, Bill Belichick, for as, as great as he is, him and Saban sometimes get these crazy comparisons uh, uh, as to how good they are in their – you know, in their coaching sports. Saban's better. I, well, I would agree with that. But but anyway, that's non-biased opinion. Of, ah! um, all I'm saying is, uh, to me, Bill Belichick is the most monotone person I, I've ever seen. But he, the, the dude's a genius. He, he is really genius. is. Well, did, you, did you like what? I mean, you watched out every bit of the Washington football team. Did you like watching it? You, y'all had no fans, right? 
Well, that's that's normal. It's normal for us to have no <laughs> fans. <laughs> but but yeah, I I Fox had like uh, you know a, a little bit of of crowd noise in the broadcast. The the thing with that though is sometimes they the recorded fan reactions are like way over the top. Sure. Like like on one punt return, it was like a five yard return, and they had the fans going like, oh, like freaking out <laughs> over this five yard return. I'm like, all right, we we we. There, there, there's some kinks to work out. But on, on the Belichick thing, James, that was a good impression. And that reminded me of one time a reporter, it was before a Brady-Manning game, when Brackman Brady was with the Patriots, of course, and a reporter asked Belichick, is there like a common thread among these Peyton Manning offenses that you've seen over the years? And Belichick sits there for a second and he goes, I guess Manning. <laughs> <laughs> well, Peyton's well, here's the thing about the crowd noise. I, and I don't know if you got did, did anybody else watch the Bucks game yesterday? Because I yeah. know it was America's little, game of the week, whatever. Did anybody else just get really distracted by it in the broadcast style? Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, who, whatever, they're, they're, they are who they are. They're there. Uh, they're and there. I like them. Uh, I mean, I like Troy Aikman. Joe Buck's not. He doesn't need to be in football. Anyway. Passes. Um, passes. Digs <laughs> down the sideline. I don't like that. Anyway, um, the crowd noise actually overshadowed their audio i don't know if you guys heard that at all but they would literally talk at some points and then they would just be like you could barely hear them because the crowd noise was just so bad um listen in a in an atmosphere like new orleans where they depend that's one of the stadium james ogletree and i talked about this a few weeks ago on tied tonight it's one of those stadiums that they need the 12th man in, in new orleans seattle the same way but New Orleans was one of those, and it was just really weird. It also it, helps in New Orleans that it's a dome because the sound exactly bounce. it is. So it's like I've been in the Superdome for national championships. It goes straight up and then comes right back down. So you're yeah. like looking at your defensive lineman going, "What play?" It's like, yeah, yeah. New Orleans needed. I'm a Falcons fan, and you could hear a lot more too, Joe. I don't know if you heard that in the Bears game, but yeah. you could hear a lot I, I more love chatter. It. I love it. I, I mean, I'm hearing a lot of people that weren't really. Maybe I'm reading you wrong, but but didn't really enjoy it. Not having, but I, but I didn't care one bit. I'm watching the Bears. We're on. We're playing the Lions. It's fake crowd noise in Ford Field. But I'm loving hearing kind of the. They did a good job covering it, but you could hear more chatter and you could hear a little bit more interaction between the players. I I I don't watch the games for the fans. I watch the game for the football. No, so but, for, but at the same time, without fans on these big huge plays, I think fans make it better by the reaction of the big play. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and and back to James's point where the reactions were kind of over the top, you could hear, it was funny, like, it's all delayed also. It's all delayed by about a second or two. It's like, oh, that's a good play. I'm I'm in the crowd. I need to kind of hit the good fo- the good play button, you know. I need to hit the, you know, that was awesome. Woo! You know, it's just the excitement. Just, it, it, But... It was a bad play. The refs made a questionable call. Oh, I'm a little bit late on my boo. Yeah, I, I thought. I mean, I just rather not have any not have any fake noise at all, and just or at let, least let, figure let, out how to do it well, like Major League Baseball has done. They've come a long way, actually, with theirs too. Well, do we think that we'll start to see real relaxations in the restrictions now? Obviously, you know, Alabama said 25 percent fans, and every other organization has their own restrictions on what they're going to do but as we keep moving through the season do you think that we'll end up being like hey you know i think we can go 30 percent. i think we can go 35 percent. there's more and more and more as the season goes on yes and, and the reason i say that is because kansas city on thursday night had i think 25 percent capacity or 20 percent and it sounded like the stadium was filled up i mean the fans did a great job 
I know for the Bucks personally, there's no fans for the first two home games, but then after that, they're looking at 25%. So I think the more we go through the season, and I'm not a conspiracy guy after November 3rd, uh, you'll start to see more, uh, more, more fans as well. At some point, yeah, I think it's going to be too much. I mean, yesterday I was going to bounce in. During the America's Game of the Week, uh, someone who was working audio for Fox clearly wasn't paying attention because Brady dropped an S-bomb and it went right well, over Troy air. Aikman dropped an F-bomb on TV yesterday. And I was like, <laughs> all right. I was like, the audio guy is asleep in the booth. Yep. Um, you got to know the mics are hot at all times. You got to know. It was a, such an awkward segment, and they were trying to get Joe Buck and Troy Aikman uh, that front camera. Oh no! I want it. Got the lights up. were off. Or yeah, something. the lights were off, and he just that, said yeah. the f word right on TV, and you could hear it clear as day. Oh man! Well, they I got a, they got a lot of things to work out here. It was just the first week, and, but I'm looking forward to it as it progresses and goes on. We're gonna take a quick break right here on Southern Fried Sports. When we come back, we're gonna wrap up the day. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports on Tide 100.9. Partially sunny this afternoon, the chance of a few scattered showers through tonight. The high today, 87. Tonight's low, 71. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers. The high, 84. Wednesday, breezy with rain likely. Rain heavy at times. The high Wednesday, 78. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. What's well, been a fun morning so far? And we got, I got one more segment to host, so let's do it. Let's do it upright. Southern Fried Sports right here on a Monday, a football Monday, a reaction Monday. Let's jump right out to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line and check in with our pal, JR. How we doing, sir? Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Better better than I deserve. How about you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Who we got here? This is, this is who? JR, you know me. It's Joe Gaither. Okay, Joe. Yeah, I know, but... There's so many Joes and JRs. And- Everybody's name starts with J. Everybody. John, Jimmy, Joe, James. I know. JR. I know. And then there's JR that's in there with you now, or is that, that was last that was, he, that was he, he, he took off at about 11 to 15. All right. Well, you know. If your name doesn't be- start with J, you can't work here. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, um, I, I want to jump in on the, uh, the football thing, and, and I really, you know, could care less about the NFL right now. I've never really have been a huge NFL fan anyway. I just have a couple, you know, I'd watch a little bit of it here and there, particularly when it was Alabama football players on a team or something. There's a lot of them on teams right now, Jay. And there are, there are, and, I, and, I, and I'm hoping the best for them. But right now, I've kind of more or less joined the boycott. On the NFL. Oh boy, I know you what, don't like that. What you boycotting? That's all right. We're open to all opinions. What you boycotting, Jr.? Well, they're disrespectful of the flag. They're kneeling and disrespecting the flag. Mm-hmm. I believe they have a, a cause that's worthy of, of of being recognized, but that's just not the way to do it. Well, how would you prefer them do it, Jr.? Be outspoken about it. Stand and, and respect our flag and say, I love our country, but we need to help. Do some, Everybody needs to help in, uh, contribute into you know their problem, the, the, uh, what they feel is the problem. And, I mean, it may not happen overnight, and it probably wouldn't. But I just believe that all this is done and this, this cause that they've presented 
it's took the race relations back 20 years. Uh, I don't know if I agree with back 20 years. I don't, I don't agree. Well, it's, it's worse. It's gotten so much, it had been so much better before the BLM and the, the kneeling and all that. I'm sorry. I just, I would love to see a better way to support their cause. I would be all in it. So, would it, but I just cannot disrespect my country doing it. So, would it be fair to say that you're maybe not as upset by what what they stand for as opposed to what people are doing as far as exactly. like protesting exactly. and, and things and lot, like that? Like I said, a lot of people are hijacking the BLM to to do their rioting and and looting and all that. I just don't believe that the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, the people involved in it, are are as radical as some of the ones that are hijacking their cause. I think that's fair. I think that there's a, uh, I, I think that there's a, a separation between the organization and the movement as a whole. The movement as 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 a whole. The I just wish I, I wish more people would speak up and say, look, I understand your 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 uh, your concerns. But this is just not a way to do it because we're Americans. We love our country. We love our flag. And when you just do that, it's causing conflict of interest between. Well, Jr. One of the First Amendment, one of the rights of the First Amendment grants is to uh, peaceably protest. And while exactly, well, let's do it peaceably. And, and well, the way to is, do is, it is, where is, is I mean, ne- can't you understand that? I mean, don't you understand what I'm saying? No, because it's, it's, because it's taking everything back. Well, I think it's, it's, I, I think it's not taking it back. I think it's highlighting the issues that have been there for uh, quite some time, which well, now if we ignore the issues, then of course it feels like everything is, is hunky-dory and fine. But highlighting the issues might, uh, you know, sometimes you got to dig, dig up a little dirt to, 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 to highlight the issues that are going on underneath the surface. Uh, we, we, we talk about peaceably, peaceably protest. The fellows who are, uh, you know, linking arm in arm or kneeling for the, kneeling for the national anthem, I mean, Let's be they're, perfectly true. They're 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 not hurting anyone at all by doing that. That's their piece of that's their their peaceful protest. Well, they're hurting uh, the respect for America is all that. It's not literally hurting someone, but it it, it just it hurts. I think the NFL and, and you know any of these pro teams or I don't care who they are. I don't even think that do they even have college team players kneeling. Well, the colleges, the the incident they don't play the anthem. Well, they play the anthem, but the but the but the athletes are nine times out of ten, as far as I know, is still in the locker rooms during while the anthem is played. So they don't have an opportunity to uh, express themselves in that manner. And that what was a, that was would? an NFL rule, by the way, about six years ago, six or seven years ago. Teams didn't come out until after the national anthem. So I mean, this is not like this is you know something that that just started. I mean, this is something that. Again, I, I don't see any problem with it because it's peaceful. Like when things get to a point to where it gets destructive, then there's a problem. But there's a lot of frustration with social injustice. And unfortunately, some people feel that damaging things is the way to do it, and it's not. And so I don't have a problem with kneeling during the national anthem because that's a peaceful way to do it that's not destroying somebody's personal property or businesses or anything like that. You can make a statement without having to be over the top with it. Yep. Well, I can agree with that, but I still stand by what I'm saying. I just feel like they're disrespecting the country. I would love to see them find a better way to, to do it than that, because I just feel like it's ruffling too many people's feathers. It's just 
putting fuel on the flame. Hey, JR, uh, I, I think all go. of us can agree with this statement. You have great opinions. I'm meaning that. At least, and I think all of us in the room, and you can agree as well, that at least they're not burning the flag. If they were burning the flag, I think we have a much bigger issue. I don't have the problems with the kneeling either. And what the Falcons and Seahawks did is they kicked the ball off, and then they all just kneeled on the field. I was totally okay with that. Well, I mean, kneeling in itself couldn't be, you know, I don't see it as uh, being harmful. That's fine. But I, during the anthem, you know, it just seems disrespectful to me. And I, I just hold firm on that, that belief. But I appreciate y'all listening. And it was a great conversation. Have a great day, JR. Thanks for sure. calling in. All right. All right. Likewise. Yes, Bye. sir. JR, one of our loyal listeners and callers, you know, we, we don't always have to agree. Uh, I think that there might be a general generational gap who uh, really is uh, upset about the kneeling for the anthem and kneeling for the flag, but I, I don't really uh, see it as protesting the flag or the anthem. They're just using that kind of uh, area to express their message. I don't think it's a disrespectful thing to uh, say that, hey, we got some things in the country that we want to uh, get changed and get, get fixed. They did it, and... It got the word out. It got attention. Colin Kaepernick did it. It started a conversation that, quite frankly, has needed to happen for many, many, many years. It, it, this social injustice, it needs to stop, and I think this is how we can do that to make change. You did make a good point, Joe, that it's hard to separate the two, but that's, that's why I brought up, you know, I'm fine with the kneeling. I think did you see Derrick Henry's suit this week? I'm sorry? Did you see Derrick Henry's suit this no, week? No, I did not. Actually. All right, his traveling suit is all black, uh-huh. but it's a... Uh, got the names of victims of social injustice in white just written in text just all over the suit. See, that's so, cool. Hey, that's, that's where the discord comes in is people are saying, you know, peacefully protest, and that is a perfect form of peaceful protest. The Falcons had a bunch of, like, on the back of their helmets there was end racism, Black Lives Matter. Right. So I, I think you're right, Joe. There still is a generational gap, and that's not to say, you know, calling JR old. I think JR is a great caller. You can get mad at me all you want, JR. I think we'll come to a middle point at some point in this discussion. It's just going to take some time. It's going to be rough. I mean, it's like removing things. It's like removing a hangnail. It is going to suck, but we're going to get it done. Love God, love people. That's it, man. That's right. Love each other and just, you know, stay. I, I, I think that's a great way to sum it up. We've had a lot of fun here on Southern Fried Sports. It was uh, more fun than I deserve. I'm going to be here in here all week. Now, tomorrow we're going to talk to Gordo coach Ryan Lolly, and I'm looking forward to that, to hear about the Gordo Green Wave hear about his quarterback Tanner Bailey and uh I really like his linebacker Xavion Glass so we'll hear a lot about them tomorrow uh coming up next we're gonna do the Jay Barker show Ryan Fowler's gonna take you two to six on the game and then we'll have tied tonight later on this evening I'm Joe Gaither filling in for Travis Ryer big thanks to him hope it was a victory Monday for you if not it can be next week thanks so much stay tuned to tied 100.9